Welcome to Living Faith Lutheran Podcasts. I'm Pastor Scott Martz. Visit us online at living-faith.church or in person every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the Midlothian Conference Center, Number 1 Community Circle Drive, Midlothian, Texas, 76065. And now be encouraged by this week's message. Now is the time to take out the Living Faith Notes, the sermon notes that I mentioned before. As you're doing so, I want to welcome those who are listening via podcast or or watching online at living-faith.church or our YouTube channel. Now, we are towards the end of our U-turn series, which is all about repentance. And our text this morning is Luke chapter 13, uh, verses 1 through 5, and then 22 through 25. Listen now to the word of God. Now, there were some present at, the time, at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their, their sacrifices. Jesus answered, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, Do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, We ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from, away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and the first who will be last." At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. Jesus replied, go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, you might be wondering, 
Why Luke 13 this morning? This is Palm Sunday. Shouldn't the text be Luke 19 that we read as the, the gospel lesson? Yeah, that, that makes sense to me too, Luke 19. But there is a connection today. Luke 13 is when Jesus began that final journey to Jerusalem. And context is that, that, that Jesus is skirting Jerusalem. He's going around the, the neighboring towns and villages without actually going into the city. Uh, many scholars believe that, that Jesus was just a few days, three days perhaps, away from Palm Sunday. He had Jerusalem on his mind. I mean, Jerusalem is the, the city of the kings and, and everything, the temple there. But, but as Jesus is, again, making that final trip, Jesus knew that he would enter that city and that there would be children and disciples laying palm branches before him, laying coats before him, and he would enter the Jerusalem on a donkey. But he also knew that by the end of the week, he would be dying the sinner's death, being crucified on the cross. And, and, and we see Jesus as he's getting ready to go to Jerusalem for the last time, and, and he's reaching out to people, and he's pleading with people. Now, there's a man in our text that comes up to Jesus. I mean, Jesus is saying, repent, unless you repent, you're going to all perish. And, and he comes up to Jesus, and, and, and he says, are only a few going to be saved? Now, that's an interesting question. Are only a few going to be saved? Jesus will answer his question, but before he does so, Jesus will make a plea to this man and the others hearing him and to us here this morning. And we are going to go to Jesus' answer, and we're going to listen to Jesus' plea, but I want to consider for a few minutes that man's question. And I want to reframe, reframe the man's question for today's culture and, and, and tie it in really to, to confirmation. I've heard similar questions. Uh, perhaps so have you. I've witnessed to people and, and they've reached a point where, where they basically say, you mean to tell me, Pastor Scott, that there's only one God and there's only one way to approach that one God and it's through Jesus Christ? Isn't that narrow-minded? Isn't that kind of unjust? What about the devout Muslims and the devout Buddhists and the devout Sikhs? Are, are you saying that, that, that they're left out? If Jesus is the only way, isn't that unfair to the rest of the world? Now, now Ethan and Andrew, I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to hear questions like this, if you haven't already. As we said in confirmation class, God uses us. We're the body of Christ, and, and he uses us. Christianity has been spread one person to another by word of mouth. And, and there are many in the world today that, that have questions like this. Are only a few going to be saved? Are you kidding me? Now, remember, remember what God tells us in, in 2 Peter 3, 5. But in your hearts... Revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason of the, for the hope that you have, but do so how? Gentleness and respect, right? Gentleness and respect. But we are to give answer to everyone who asks us about the, the hope that we have. Now, as we answer that question, 
Is it unfair that Jesus is the only way to God? It's important for us to remember again what the Bible says about this. Remember what Jesus said in John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus didn't say, I am a way, right? A way would imply there are many other ways. He said, I am the way. It's, it's very exclu uh, exclusive that, that he is it. Or remember what Jesus said in, in John chapter 6. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give you for the life of the world. When Jesus spoke these words originally, the crowds, the millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people that followed him, they began to fall away. They said, this is a hard teaching. Jesus said, you need me as bread from heaven to have eternal life. Or, or think about what God tells us in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Salvation, getting to heaven. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. No other way, no other name given to man. Or what Jesus said as he was preaching, repent, I tell you, unless you repent, you too will all perish. And as we've said in this whole series, repentance is a beautiful thing. Repentance is, is God giving us a way out. We, we change our thinking about the direction of our sins, and empowered by God, we, we turn and God forgives us. And he gives us new life and new hope in, in Jesus Christ. Now, again, so let's circle back to the question. So is the Christian faith unfair and unjust? Well, it depends. It depends upon whether what Jesus says about himself is true or false. Now, if Jesus' claims about himself were false, then yes, Christianity is unfair. But if what Jesus says about himself is true, then most certainly it's not unfair. If what Jesus said is true, that unless we repent, we too will all perish. If what Jesus says is true, that he is God in the flesh who, who came to this broken world to reconnect humanity to God. If what Jesus says is true, that he is the king from heaven, a king willing to come and lay down his life for a ransom for many. If what Jesus says is true, that apart from him, we remain in our sins and we will be forever apart from God. If Jesus says is true, that he came to give us life and life to the fullest, that he's reconnecting us to our creator God, then Christianity and the Christian faith is fair, it is just. My friends, if what Jesus says is true, then, then we need him every day. And all nations need him every day. Now, I want to illustrate it this way. Um, if, if all of us here continue to eat healthy food, right, it's going to help us in our, in our bodies. We continue to grow healthy and strong. We use these two young men, healthy and strong. God's given you many abilities and and, and good minds, you have a bright future ahead of you. But what if you decided, um, we are going to stop eating good food? 
Okay, you're going to be malnourished, right? And say you switch to junk food. It's going to affect your body. And what if you, you're all unhealthy and you decide, we're not going to eat at all. And, and we're going to stop eating entirely. What's going to happen after four, five, six days of not eating anything? Will you be healthy and strong? You're going to be weak. Your muscles will atrophy and, and, and shrivel. Um, and as, as, we, as we look at that, Jesus is the bread from heaven. We need Jesus for our souls and for everlasting life and, and to thrive for all eternity as much as your bodies now need good, healthy food uh, to thrive. Now, this will be the first fill-in this morning. It is this. There is no thriving with God into eternity without reconnecting with God now through Jesus. There is no thriving with God into eternity without reconnecting with God now through Jesus Christ. Now, let's go to Jesus' answer. So the man's question, are only a few going to be saved? And, and Jesus does answer that. We jump forward to verse 29. People will come, Jesus answered, people will come from east and west, north and south, will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there, there are those who, will, who are last who will be first and the first who will be last. So according to Jesus, there are only a few going to be saved. There's going to be many people saved, right? North, south, east, and west from all the world, all nations, people from all nations there gathered for this, this celebration in heaven. Reminds me of, of Revelation chapter 7. So John, the, the, the gospel writer um, and the, writer, the inspired writer of Revelation writes this. After this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Sounds like Palm Sunday to me. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be, be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And it's a beautiful scene. We're told earlier in Revelation 5, 10,000 times 10,000 angels, 100 million angels. Imagine that, surrounding the throne of God. And then people from north, south, east, and west, from all nationalities of all languages gather there, a number that we can't possibly count. Now, God knows a finite number, the, the holy Christian church, but imagine that it's not a small number. It's got to be in the billions of people. And, and so Jesus' answer is that, no, not only, not just a few will be saved, but many from, from all over the world. Now, that's going to be incredible. And I don't know about you, but I can hardly wait to see Jesus, the very one who was slain for us, but triumphant, and, and, and stand before his throne on that final day. So let's go back to the question. Again, people criticize Christianity. Isn't that unjust? Oh, Jesus is the only way to God. It actually, that couldn't be any further from the truth. Now, 
On the one hand, Jesus is exclusive. There is no other person that reconnects us to God than the Son of God, Jesus, our Creator. On the other hand, Christianity, the Christian faith, is inclusive. God doesn't exclude anybody. Jesus died for every human being. So I want to summarize it this way. This is the second fill-in. Jesus is the exclusive Savior of the world. The results of his work are inclusive of all nations. A beautiful thing, the true gospel a message of our Lord. Now I want to circle back to Jesus' main point. He's making a plea to this man who asked him the question, are only a few people going to be saved? And, and Ethan and Andrew, I, I can't say this better than, than, than Jesus does. Jesus was concerned about this man. He was concerned about everybody there. He's concerned about all of us. He's concerned about the, the two of you in, in a very good way. So verses 24 and following, again the question, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to enter, it will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he replied, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, you evildoers. There'll be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are thrown out. People will come from east and west, north and south, will take their places at the feast of the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last will be first and the first will be last. Now, what is Jesus' plea? Uh, and why are we talking about this on, on Confirmation Sunday? Jesus was concerned because he knew many in the crowd, many who were hearing him, were relying on themselves and their effort to get to heaven. And, and Jesus was making it very clear to them, it doesn't work. Uh, and, and a better question, a better question than are only a few going to be saved is, am I saved? And, and, and I want to reflect upon that just for a minute. A better question, are only a few going to be saved? Am I going to be saved? He wanted the man to ask the question, am I going to be saved? Now, Ethan and Andrew, if we base our future, base our eternity upon the grace and love of God in Christ Jesus, then we will have a very bright future thriving with God for all eternity. But if we base our future on ourselves and how we're going to get to heaven by our accomplishments, then no. Then we're in a, we're in a, a very bad spot. I'm going to put it this way. A better question than only if you are going to be saved is, am I saved? And I am saved. You are saved. If we're basing our eternity upon the grace of God in Christ Jesus and not ourselves. On the last day, there will be people then again, have a false security because they, they're basing their salvation on themselves. There were people hearing Jesus on the last day. Jesus is the door. He, he is the gate. 
He is the way to heaven. It's narrow, but he is the absolute way for everyone who trusts in him. But on the final day, it's too late, and, and the door is shut. And we're told that there will be people there that they're crying, weeping, and gnashing of teeth. Now, why do people gnash their teeth? Are, are they in pain, so they're gnashing their teeth? No, gnashing teeth is more of a sign of anger. So you sign gnashing their teeth. And who are they angry with? Perhaps they're angry with God, right? The door is shut. But it, could it be they're angry with themselves? Now, again, how does this apply to confirmation? You might be thinking, Pastor Scott, this is our, our confirmation. We're about to make a, a vow to remain faithful to Christ and, and not fall away from him, that we, we face anything but death and not fall away. Now, it's with pain that I, I share this with you. There are adults now, they're in their 30s, who one time sat where you're sitting right now, who 20 years ago made a vow never to fall away from Jesus. Some of my confirmation students, and they have forsaken Christ. They have publicly said they're no longer Christians. And it just rips my heart out. It really does. And I said when I began teaching you, I want to see the two of you in heaven. Your parents want to see you in heaven. Your grandparents want to see you. Your families want to see you in heaven. Most importantly, Jesus wants to see you in heaven. And without him, there is no hope. Without him, we would be on the outside and, and, and upset about things. Those confirmation students that have publicly disowned Christ, unless they repent, on that day, they're going to be not in heaven. And, and again, we don't want that for, for, for you. But there is a much better way, and that is through Jesus Christ. Jesus is making a plea to all of us, right? Repent, believe the good news, and, and trust in Jesus. God loves you dearly. He has taken away all of your sins already at the cross. They're buried with him. Jesus lives for you. Jesus wants you to continue to thrive in your faith. And as I said before, confirmation is not graduation. Confirmation is really the beginning. And I encourage both of you, continue to grow strong in your faith. I want to see you thriving, and all of us here thriving, in heaven through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory. Amen.